You're listening to Titan Nature's Yellowstone, a podcast for those that don't get out, can't get out, or can never get enough. Sponsored by Think Tank Photo. Think Tank Photo designs camera carrying solutions for working professionals. Welcome to another episode of Tied to Nature's Yellowstone. This is your host, Adam Brubaker. I'm back with you. I'm going to go over another area in Yellowstone. Today, I'm going to specifically talk about the Grand Canyon area of Yellowstone. If you've been listening to a few episodes, you've heard an interview, and you know I've kind of switched things up just because people are getting Yellowstone, and I'll tell you what, people are getting to Yellowstone this year. I think it was Memorial Day weekend. We saw a 40% increase in visitation over what we had in 2019. During 2020, the park was closed during that time, so we don't have numbers. And we are seeing more people come, so don't let that shy away from coming to Yellowstone. still a great area to visit. Just remember, you got you to gotta pack your patience. Anyways, if you've listened to past uh, episodes, I talked about the Fountain Paint Pot Trail. I talked about Hayden Valley. I've done some interviews and different things. And so today I'm, I'm getting into the canyon area of Yellowstone. It's, uh, I tell people, one of the most spectacular views in the park, seeing the Grand Canyon of Yellowstone and the lower falls. There's different ways that you can do this and different vantage points and hikes around this area. So you could spend a lot of time right here around the Grand Canyon of Yellowstone. And I'm going to start with telling you what I might do on a typical day. And then I'll give you some other options of places to see as well, because um, what I like isn't, I know there's other guides and other people that uh, prefer to do things a little different. Let me give you a little background to start with. You have the upper falls and you have the lower falls. The upper falls is about 100 feet just over that. The lower falls is the bigger of the two, just over 300 feet high. Uh, the canyon in general is about 20 miles long, north to south. Uh, at the widest point, it's about 4,000 feet and at the deepest is about 1,200 feet. The canyon was formed. There's actually different ways that they believe that the Grand Canyon of Yellowstone was formed. But kind of the running theory is at one time, Hayden Valley was a giant lake. And at the edge of that, that lake, there was uh, an ice dam of some sort. And as that ice dam broke or melted out, the water came through and helped carve out the canyon. So in essence, it was carved by the river or by water, I should say. Uh, and when you have a V-shaped canyon like the Grand Canyon of Yellowstone, that's typically carved by a river. Whereas if it was a U-shaped, typically U-shaped, like if you're going through Yellowstone, the, the Gibbon the Gibbon River, the Gibbon, excuse me, not the Gibbon, the, the Firehole River and the Firehole Canyon was carved out by a, a glacier. And it's more of a U-shaped. Now, and there's different questions that's about the Grand Canyon, exactly how it was formed. You know, these are hypotheses, you know, things that people think is at the same time, you know, we had glaciers during some of this time where they think it was formed. And so how come you don't have the U shape? Well, maybe it started as a U and it transformed into the V. Who knows? The, the fact of the matter, it's a V shaped. And so the best guess is it's uh, carved, about, carved out by uh, the river. Now, what it is, what this carving air, the, the canyon is itself, is an old lava flow, basically. You have rhyolite rock in the canyon, which within the canyon walls, there are thermal areas. And what's happened with these thermal areas is it softened the rock. It's changed the composition of the rock over time, which made it softer and easier to erode. 
And also in the canyon walls, you're going to see different colors, the reds, oranges, yellows. And basically, the canyon walls are oxidation is taking place. The canyon walls are rusting, or the rock in the canyon is rusting, creating these different these different colors that you see. And when you're seeing the, the views looking toward, at the lower falls and the kind of the, the best views of the Grand Canyon of Yellowstone, it's only a, a mile or a couple miles, maybe two miles, that look that way. As you go north of there, which is a lot of it's not visible unless you go through to the seven mile hole trail and you can guess what uh, kind of trail that is. Um, it's, you know, forested and it looks different than the first couple miles here. Now, one more thing before I get into the trails and the, the waterfalls here specifically is, you know, how is a waterfall formed? Uh, and the basics of it is the river's flowing and it's a softer rock. And so it's easily eroding that out. And at some point, it finds a harder rock and it doesn't erode as, as fast as the other parts of the canyon. And then it finds that softer rock again. So up high at the, the brink or the top of the waterfall, you're going to have a harder rock. Whereas down at the base in the canyon, at the, the base of the waterfall, there's going to be a softer rock or there was. And that's how these waterfalls are created. It's just through erosion and finding those soft and on hard layers of, of rock. So let's let's that's a little background on the geology. Let's get into the canyon area. And you know, if you're going to the canyon and you're looking at it, where should you look from? What are the best points? And I'm gonna start with the upper falls. Uh, as far as where I would go for the upper falls, and I like to do the upper falls first, just because sometimes after seeing the lower falls and going to the upper falls, it's like, oh, this is cool. But once you've seen the lower falls, it's it's difficult to say that. You know, the upper falls is as majestic as it is. Anyways, that's why I do it first. So the the upper falls, where I would I like to go is what's called the brink of the falls. So, and it's just a short walk. And then you do have some steps. You go down, and I think it's like 35 steps down to the brink of the falls. And what a brink is, is that's actually right where the waterfall goes over the edge. So you're standing right at the top and looking down and you're seeing the waterfall right below you as it's going over the edge. Uh, you can look up river and you can't see as well down river, down the canyon through through here, but it's a beautiful spot. This water just raging. And right now it's raging. I think at its peak, there's like 60,000 cubic feet of water per second that are that is flowing through this river. And then, you know, later in the year, at the, the least amount is like 20,000 cubic feet a second. And so I, I tell people, you know, compare it to maybe... 20,000 or 60,000 soccer balls following over every second going over that waterfall. So there's a lot of water moving through the falls. So the brink of the falls, um, short walk, and there's a, there's a restroom in that area. And, and not only the, the brink of the falls, um, a friend and fellow guide, uh, Jesse mentioned this to me. There's actually, I believe it's a, I don't know if it's a new trail, but it's new for me because I've never walked over to it is there's Crystal Falls, um, not far from there in the same parking lot. And you walk another 650 feet to see Crystal Falls. And that's another smaller, beautiful waterfall that I think often gets um, overlooked right there in this area. So anyways, you know, I stop at the brink of the falls, do that short walk, enjoy that area. And then from there, I go up to uh, what's the lower falls at a place called Lookout Point. Going to Lookout Point you go into the you know part of the the North Rim Drive, and I pass the first parking lot and go to the second one, which is smaller. 
and I walk out to Lookout Point. Now, the reason I like Lookout Point is looking out towards the falls, you're a lot closer than most of the other views that you're going to have. So the waterfall looks much bigger there. And it's a great view of the canyon through there as well. Also, in years past, this year and last year, um, the osprey haven't come, but there's an osprey nest right there in the canyon that you can look down at. For me, that's incredible that there was almost seven years where I got to go there and see the eggs to the chicks to when they fly for the first time. So I always enjoyed watching the, the osprey there. But right here at Lookout Point, seeing the waterfall, uh, it's a smaller area, usually not as much people. And I like to try to be here, you know, for right now, so we're, we're I'm June 8th and recording this on June 8th, about 9.50, so about 9.30 to almost 10 o'clock, but about 9.50, I think, is the, the perfect time you catch a rainbow at the base of the lower falls from this point. And it's, it's neat because you only have this half hour window when the sun is just right coming over and creating this, this rainbow at the base of the waterfall. Uh, so this is, this is why I like this area because of the proximity to the falls, the rainbow here. And you do get rainbows in other spots that I'll mention. And just it's a little easier, quieter spot typically. And so that's typically what I would do is kind of hit those two highlights and depending on the day, I might get other things, and which I'll go over now, as those are just two of the vantage points of all that you can do in this area. And so like I'm on the, talking about the North Rim here. Let me continue to go on with the North Rim. So you can do the North Rim Trail, which is about three miles. And so from the North Rim Trail, I think it starts close to the Wapiti Lake Trailhead. It's going to pass the, the brink of the, the Upper Falls, which I talked about and to Crystal Falls, and then kind of the next place is going to be the, the brink of the, the Lower Falls, and this is a terrific hike down. I, I do this as often as I can, and time permit and everything else. It is a steep trail. I tell everybody it's about three-eighths of a mile down and two miles back up. It's really not that bad. You know, going down, you got to take your time because it's, it's steep, and that can be hard on the knees. But once you get down there, I mean, you're right at the edge of this 300-foot waterfall that's flowing down below you. There's a 300-foot drop right next to you and just a view up the canyon. It's, it's quite incredible. And then when you go back up, you just, you just take your time. You know, take it easy. I always tell everybody there's, there's no hurry to get back up the trail. And it's, it's a beautiful place. And so from, from the brink of the falls, then you're hiking, I think it's like a half mile to, to Lookout Point. And I mentioned Lookout Point, but there's another place there. It's called the Red Rock Trail, which is about just under a half mile down again. And this has never been my favorite hike here. Again, it's a steep one going down and up. And the problem, I think, with the bottom of Red Rock is there's a tree that kind of obstructs part of the view. So just being a photographer and from that vantage point, I've never been a fan of Red Rock. But it is, it's it's another view. It's a nice place, especially if you enjoy hiking you know, to do that Red Rock Trail. And then from there, you're going to go out to Grand View, which is a view kind of looking up towards the largest or the the widest point of the canyon. And I'll mention from Grand View, excuse me, from Lookout Point through Grand View is wheelchair accessible. So it's more of an accessible ease area that is paved. So it's an easy place to, to walk through there. And then going past Grand View, as far as, you know, you can drive this into each of these points 
or you can hike it as well. So if you hike, you know, from Grandview, you're going to be going to Inspiration Point, or you're going to take the drive out to Inspiration Point. If you take the drive, you will pass this giant rock, a glacial erratic, a giant boulder that was placed there by a, a glacier. An Inspiration Point, this is a fantastic place, beautiful views of the canyon. And I remember going there when I was younger, and I don't remember much about it, but I remember it being, you know, some kind of chain link fence and cement, and it just wasn't very, and it was in need of repair it, from what I remember. And it's, it was closed for years. So just a couple years ago, they redid the whole thing, made some beautiful steps down into the canyon, some different lookouts here. And so there's just a sliver of the lower falls that you can see from this point. Uh, really what the view is is of the canyon and you're basically right in that you know widest point of the canyon where it's 4,000 feet across and so beautiful spot right there to walk out there and then from there going the hike will take you into the canyon village or you can drive in a canyon village from from that area so that loop around will end you past going past the canyon lodge and into the the visitor center area which is a great break for a restroom or an ice cream if you're in the area now, going around to the South Rim, the South Rim Trail is about a mile and three quarters. And some of the highlights through there would be the Upper Falls Lookout, which there's a couple vantage points where you're now up above opposite side of the canyon from the brink of the Upper Falls, looking down at the waterfall. And if you look here through the trees in the right place, you can see Crystal Falls looking across the canyon here as well. From there, you go on to Uncle Tom's, which Uncle Tom's as of this recording, is closed because of de deterioration of the trail. But there's a, a staircase that goes down. It's over 300 steps down, so quite the view going down. And at one time, I believe it was over 500 steps down, and this was in the early days when that trail was first established. So that's not available, but it's about, a, I want to say, a mile hike from the, the Upper Falls Lookout Point to a place called Artist Point. Now, I have some friends, and I know a lot of people, the Artist Point is on the top of the list of places to see in the canyon. And I do love, I love this area. It's beautiful, great views of the canyon. Here, the reason it's called Artist Point is more artistic. You have the river that flows up, and it leads to the waterfall, and a terrific view. You are farther back from the waterfall, so it does seem smaller because it's farther away. This time of year right now, you're looking about 950 to, I want to say, 1020 or so for the waterfall on this side. So you get that waterfall on this side of the canyon as well, the south side, but it's just a little later in the day. So you could hit the lookout point first, catch the waterfall, drive over to the other side and catch the waterfall or the, the rainbow on, on both sides in a day. Uh, the one, and also with this area, I'll just mention, you know, bigger parking lot, uh, which means more people in, the, in this space. And so you will and it seems like, you know, just about everywhere in the park, it's one of those pack your patients. You might go for the parking lot and all of a sudden there's traffic backed up. People are just trying to find parking places. And as a recommendation, a lot of times people aren't looking at the far side or the opposite side of the, the parking lot for a place to park. Oftentimes you pull in and you just look at your field of view and wait for a parking lot. Often if you drive up or go to the other side, there's often spaces that are available because people are constantly coming and going. So anyways, from here, that's that's the basics of the places to see the canyon and the waterfalls. You could hit all of those and, you know, hike a couple miles. But I also want to mention there's a couple other hikes right in that area 
that will lead you away from the canyon some. But you have like Clear Lake, Lilypad Lake, Ribbon Lake, and the Wapiti Lake Trail. So these hikes are anywhere from a mile and a half to to six miles, depending on how far you go and how you loop. And um, but some great trails in that area that start at um, well, you can start at either side. You could pass Artist Point and continue on the trail to to Lilypad Lake there. Or back at the beginning, there's a, a picnic area where you can start the trails there. So take a look at that. Those are, I haven't done all of those yet, uh, but those are some beautiful trails out to some lakes in different areas. Again, I will mention uh, you're in Grizzly Bear area and, you know, probably wolves in that area as well as monks, bison and elk. And so pack bear spray, travel in groups of uh, three or more people. Just be very aware as you you decide to do these longer trails in this area. So that's the very basics of of the canyon area. Uh, the other thing I want to get into is I got a nice email from uh, a Tamalyn Thomas. I believe that's um, how you pronounce her. Her first name is Tamalyn. And she, it was a very nice email. She mentioned a few things. Uh, she, one of the things she asked is, or she mentioned is going into some of the bookstores in Yellowstone. She kind of gets overwhelmed with the different choices and asked if maybe I would share some of the the books that I use. And so I got a whole stack of books right here, right? So start the geysers of Yellowstone. This is the fifth edition. And this is nice, you know, especially if you really enjoy the geysers, this is going to break down every geyser in Yellowstone and tell you where they're at and maybe a little history or when it last erupted. So I enjoy the geysers of Yellowstone. A few different ones on the wildlife that are just fantastic books Yellowstone Wolves, this is a brand new book that just came out this year, and it really breaks down wolves in Yellowstone. Usually I use these as references, but this is one that I could just read cover to cover. Uh, a new one that I just got, I haven't gotten into very much. Um, there's one called Yellowstone Bison, uh, Conserving an American Icon in Modern Society. And again, this goes over bison. And some of these books, like the, the Wolves, the Bison, and this next one, Yellowstone Grizzly Bears, Ecology and Conservation of Icon of Wildness. These are books that are, I guess, you know, more science-based. Gives you the history of of the animals and populations and um, current status and their conservation. So multiple things like that. So if you really want to get into know the history and the conservation and, um, you know, diets and all that kind of stuff and what they hunt or eat, you know, these are great books. And they're, they're bigger, focused on single animals. You got the Geyser one. I mean, I could go through all kinds of books, but the one of my favorites that they come out with every year is the Yellowstone Resources and Issues Handbook. And what's great about this one is it goes over the simple basics of almost everything you can think about in the park. So I have the 2021 in front of me. And this one's um, commemorating the 25 years of wolves in Yellowstone. And just going through this, you have talks about the history of the park, uh, talks about preserving cultural resources, talks about the ecosystem, the geology, life in extreme heat, vegetation, fire, goes through all the wildlife and birds, you know, including birds, fish, amphibians. And it just really breaks down the park and gives you a very good background of about everything in Yellowstone. And again, that's one they come out with an update every year. Uh, you know, I could go in, I have a whole shelf of different books. You know, for bird watching, I use Sibley's. 
There's some great field guides, uh, things you can find. But I'll mention those ones. Those are some of my favorites right now. And I'll probably mention more books. Actually, I do want to mention one more book. It is, because as far as hiking in the park, there's, there's a book called Yellowstone Trails, A Hiking Guide. And you can get apps and all kinds of things. But this, you know, is a hard copy, gives you elevations and maps and, you know, how to prepare for going hiking and long and short and um, all kinds of different hikes. And along with that, um, there's some great maps that National Geographic puts out for specific, you know, trails or, you know, topographical of, of Yellowstone, which comes in handy. So there you go. There's a few of my my recommendations as you go into the store and you're looking for something. That's some of my favorites. Um, and, you know, if you're looking for more specifics on books to pick out, things to to get, you know, just go ahead and text me or email me, call me. And again, you can find my, my information on uh, titannature.com. And let me know what you're looking for and I'll, I'll try to, to help you out. With that, I think that's all I have. Thank you for tuning in again. And if you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe, not only on this podcast, but go to Facebook or Instagram or YouTube. I've been really busy. Some of those haven't been updated as often as I should, but that's a great place to follow tied to nature and see what's going on in the park on a, on a pretty regular basis. So again, thanks for tuning in. This is Adam with tied to nature. Thanks for listening to tied to nature's Yellowstone, the podcast for those that don't get out, can't get out or can never get enough. Keep up to date with Tied to Nature and Think Tank Photo on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.